Hey, what's going on, everyone? What's going on? Welcome. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Clear the Haze. It's been a it's been a moment. It's, it's been a little bit. <laughs> we we had a, a second there of like a hiatus where we were just busy. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's good to be busy. It is. And with us today is David uh, Blue Garcia. Welcome. How What's are, up, David? How are you today? That's me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> David uh, directed and produced um, the movie Tejano, which just had its world premiere at Dallas International Film Festival, correct? Yes, yes. yes. True. And what is, um, first of all, how do you feel knowing like the film has already, it's, you've done the work, like the film's done, you went to your first film, film festival, how does that all feel now? It's over it was like this point. the biggest weight off my shoulders Ugh. I've ever felt. I'd been carrying the movie on my shoulders for like five years oh my since God. we came up with the idea, since we first wrote the script, since we shot it in 2015. And, uh, and as soon as like we knew we were in a film festival and we were playing it in front of an actual audience of strangers, mm-hmm. I, w- I was just so relieved. It was great. Wow. And and was it a good reaction? Were, were, did you feel like at the end of the, the, the first screening, you were just like, like people were like, oh my God, that was... Well, we actually ended up getting the audience award for, oh, for the narrative nice. feature really competition nice. at the festival. So we actually had two really great screenings with packed houses. Wow. Just completely full. Yeah, that's a good the sign. audience, you could just hear them like... I was, you know, I was always, I was watching the movie, but I've seen it 150 times. So I wasn't <laughs> yeah. really watching the movie. I was like listening for how the audience is reacting to each moment. And yeah. it was really good. And were there, were there moments where you maybe thought there was, there was like a serious moment or a joke and you were like, oh, they reacted differently than what I expected. Or do you find yourself dissecting the work now that you're, you're over and it's done? It was interesting because, um, so the movie is a thriller and mm-hmm. it is Ooh. very serious, but I kind of have a dark sense of humor. Mm. And so does uh, my writer, the <laughs> screenwriter, Kyle Bogart. So there's definitely a lot of humor in the movie. And sometimes I forget how much humor there is. And a lot of the audience kind of picked up on that. Interesting, interesting. And there's also a lot of like, so the movie is mostly in Spanish. Oh, wow. And so there's a lot of like little jokes you get if you speak Spanish, but it's not necessarily... Uh, in the subtitles the English mm-hmm. subtitles so only English speaking audiences won't get all the jokes but a lot of the Spanish speakers in the screenings were kind of laughing at stuff that I was like oh yeah I forgot that that's uh that's funny yeah there's um a movie that came out a while ago that did a really good job of that and I think that if you're targeting um, a movie based on like a story that that talks about Hispanic culture you should have some Spanish in there because right. yeah. if, right. if you if you make a film or a project that has no Spanish you're you're not hitting the market right you know you're not right. that audience is expecting you to dwell into their culture and say hey we we're gonna speak your language we're gonna make things relatable to your life and your and your experiences but if you if you don't use their language it's almost to them it's like well are you even really covering uh, who we are yeah you're not <laughs> representing yeah that's your, the word your target <laughs> your, your demographic exactly but that's, that's so, awesome that's so cool what's your um what's your background um, like yeah, what like, tell what, us what all a little bit yeah, about you yourself. Well, yeah, actually, um, I'm from South Texas oh, on really? the Texas-Mexico border nice. um, and from a town called Harlingen, mm. which is right on the south tip of Texas near Brownsville. Um, and yeah, I was born and raised there. 
Yeah. Shout what, out Harlegen. Yeah, Har- Harlegen. Shout out. You guys should be getting so excited. It's like, yeah. people are doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, go- it goes to show you can come from anywhere in the world. And Harlegen to LA. We're making it happen. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And that's actually where we made the movie. Oh, really? Um, yeah. The I was, whole. I was gonna ask. We made it in South Texas. The area is called the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. Uh, it's not a valley at all. There's no mountains there. It's just a name that they call it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just really flat. There's a lot of farmland. But yeah, we made the movie down there and the movie Tejano, it's about uh, a young farmhand in South Texas named Javi, Mm -hmm. who's so desperate for cash that he breaks his own arm and wears a cast made of cocaine and smuggles it back across the border from Mexico. So it's interesting that uh wow yeah shout out to me right now is that what you did you're wearing a cast (laughs) well you know from canada (laughs) short story uh it's actually heroin (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no but that's that's crazy i because i honestly when they were making this plaster cast it looked exactly like the process to making cocaine that's interesting just like smoothing it all out and then watching it harden and now it's like flaking away, ready to go. That's that's the party. That I remember we watched this documentary um, about like the process of like everything they do to make cocaine. Yeah, and it's crazy because there was another like a journalist who was there and was speaking to somebody, and they were saying that that some of these companies will add like concrete just to make it more like. And I was just like, yeah, concrete. I'm like, yo, be careful, people. It's yeah. just like don't be doing nothing. You it's don't a lot know. of filler out there. There yeah. is. It's, and, and and that's so interesting that I mean that just sounds like a super. But Javi is getting it straight from the source. Yeah, it's, so mm-hmm, yeah. it's very pure. Yeah. I'm sure. Interesting. Yeah. How, how um like what what came about that idea? Was there something that like you or was that just kind of like a random thought? And you were like, oh man, let's let's make that happen. Yeah. Well, it's I, I was looking for an idea to make a film about, and I just read an article in a paper about a man from Chile in South America who was arrested in Spain. Uh, he'd, in, he'd flown in, oh, and he wow. was wearing a, an, a leg cast made of cocaine. Oh, wow. But the, the detail about the story that was interesting to me was that his leg was broken. Whoa. So I'm like, okay, did he break his leg or on purpose, or what? Leg. what's the story? Why is his leg broken? Because it doesn't need to be. Right. If you're smuggling drugs, it could no. just, you could just have a fully functioning limb under wow. that cast, but... Um, anyway, so that was, <laughs> that's, uh, I was just thinking that I was like, why did you have to break his yeah, leg? Exactly. Whoever was trying it was like, we need to make this believable. Right. It's like, as soon as those people touch that cast, they're going to say, that's cocaine. <laughs> that's, that's not a cast. Yeah. It's just, that's funny. So yeah, that was just the idea behind it. And I took that, that kernel of an idea and a couple of other ideas, uh, to my screenwriter yeah. and, uh, let him run with it. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Or did, did you guys check in on each other? Like as far as story goes, was he just telling you? Like, yeah. Hey, what this was what the development? Like, yeah. We kind of, we kind of sat down and we had, you know, like maybe a 12 pack of, you know, Mexican beer yeah. and just kind of, yeah, Tecate yeah. or Modelo. Yeah. And oh, just, yeah. uh, we would just sat down and kind of riff kind of yeah. like we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. Just like sit down in a living room and just yeah. kind of talk about, you know, South Texas, talk mm-hmm. about wow. drug smuggling, talk about all these ideas we had. And then he he would kind of go off, and a couple of months later he'd come back with a with a rough draft or script. Yeah. Nice, yeah. That's that's a, I mean that that's a really good writer. That's a really school, good skill. I'm a yeah. writer as well, so I I know exactly what that's like yeah. to where someone tells you something and you can just you your mind just starts to run with mm-hmm. the idea. And when people say that, you act like really think about it because you you I've done so much research for projects and I've gotten so like heavily, I almost fall in love with them. And it's almost like 
you you want to work on it as long as you can and then you let it go and it's almost like on to the next one you know and right it's, and it's crazy to think about but it's, well, a, it's a process something we both kind of found out about that process and something we we learned to like was that you know he, he kind of talks about sometimes how if you sit down with just your your computer open yeah and you're just looking at that blank page it's really hard to come up with stuff right if you just do that alone but when you sit down and you talk yeah and you're actually verbalizing your ideas you can actually come up with a lot more much much more quickly yeah, yeah. and so it was those kind of you know writing sessions that we would have drinking a little that would uh, <laughs> help out a lot so change the mindset a yeah, bit to yeah. get you creative so yeah. sometimes you know you know as a writer it's a it's a very solitary process but you just got to go and talk to somebody sometimes too that's really cool. give you some ideas yeah it's, it's really interesting that you say that because i i feel i 100 percent agree with what you're saying i i think the best way to get the most out of your ideas and to de- truly develop them is is just to live just live life a little bit mm-hmm. and eventually you're going to run into something or you're going to do something. You're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that just made me think of something where I can make this better. Or it made me think of a new way of, of looking at something. Right. And I can I feel like I could write it. I can or write the that, actual you know? situation itself or the actual situation. Itself. The yeah. like, <laughs> exactly. you know, you're just roaming around. And next thing you know, boom, there's your there's your screenplay. Exactly. I mean, you can't write something from scratch yeah. like you're, you're not writing from a, an isolated bubble you have to talk to people you have to right. bring things in from your life or from what you read you know yeah. so we're influenced by everything I, I feel like every piece of work that you write in some way you you put a little bit of yourself mm-hmm. you know even if it's just like oh well I've, I felt something similar to that maybe I can incorporate that into the story or oh there was a scenario where I, I felt like this could fit in you know you're always looking and dissecting your own life whenever you're writing and and implementing that because you've experienced it so you know it well um and and i think that's very fascinating but i wanted to ask you so you it took you five years to make the whole film correct you said from process of like yeah to now yeah from first like kind of you know writing the screenplay getting that finished um i actually came up with the idea before Mm. 2013 but We'll not count that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's once it starts getting written that you're yeah. like, this is when it, when it gets going. But um, throughout that process, did you ever feel like, were you ever like, is this, why am I pursuing this? I feel like it's taking so long. Or did you feel any doubts? Or were you just all the time? I feel like those are just common experiences. I don't know if you, I'm just curious. Oh, no, you're you're hitting it. <laughs> I mean, that is, <laughs> that is a very uh, common experience. So I think it's almost, it's just kind of crazy that, um, you know, I always wanted to make a film since I was 13 years old. Wow. And so I'm 32 now. And you so... You 32. You uh, look super young. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look closely, I do have a couple of white gray hairs up here. <laughs> probably be attributed to this film. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm basically my whole adult life, I've been following the dreams of a pubescent mm. kid. Nice. You know, trying to achieve that one dream. And uh, it's it's kind of a crazy thing. You know, so, and now I've achieved it and it feels inspiring and it feels great. Yeah. But it is, it is long and it's a dubious process because you're wondering why am I doing this? What, what good is it doing me? Is is it even going to be successful? Is anyone going to even see it or like it? But you just have to keep going, you know. Yeah. You can't give up halfway through. Never. Or else you'll never know. Never give up. No, because you'll it, never know. And you'll never know. And I think that's the key to the, to the whole thing. It's if you never even you know if you never even try to get your idea off the ground mm-hmm. you, you're never going to know whether it'll succeed or fail you know what if what if that idea is the billion dollar idea that they they talk about but you don't develop it so it's that's just a billion dollars that is exactly and a lot of people get discouraged and give up prior to 
completing that idea or that goal. And, and that's unfortunate because if you just had taken one extra step, yeah. one extra day, one extra hour, you possibly could have actually reached that goal. But the fact that you gave up on it means you never really believed in it to begin with. And how can anyone believe in you when you don't believe in yourself? I, I, so. I have a buddy of mine who, who does coding. And he told me that sometimes they'll be given like a task and they'll say, hey, he works for this company and they'll say, hey, this is what we want to do. And they have to code until they figure out how like, oh, it fixed it. Great. Yeah. Now on to the next one. But yeah. you're coding until you figure out how to fix that problem. You know, it's not just like a, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. I mean, you know, once you've done it for so long, you already know. But like a white hat. Concept. Exactly. Yeah. But when it's a new new situation, you're almost like, oh, snap. How do we tackle this? You know, yeah. it's like, let's get let's everybody. Let's brainstorm. And I think I, I was just at this conference um, the, the last three days, uh, Digital Hollywood and everything they were talking about there was pertaining to like content and just creativity and the, every, the, the key to everything that they were saying was just do it like Nike yeah. had it right when they came up with that logo like just make it happen and if you don't think you can make it happen there's a living proof right here it took him five years but it he made it happen right you know and it's just crazy I, I, I think that, that those types of situations are so inspiring you're very inspirational just exactly. just because you did it and, and I feel like a lot of people are going to see that and say yeah I don't I haven't made a film you know it's yeah. like and that guy that guy had an idea and people people like it people like what you did people are reacting to what you did and I feel like at the end of the day that's what you want out of your film you want people to react from it and think and say oh that actually that actually made me think it, differently it, right you know? right you were moved mm, that's mm. the key yeah, I, I think if key, it in, yeah. invokes emotion in some way it, it's gonna it's gonna grip do you do you feel like you're like you said it's a thriller but it's got like comedic elements you what's what's i guess well there's there's levity so like i feel like the thrilling and the suspenseful moments are more powerful when you're you know there's levity and and you're there's a lighter moment before Mm. you know what i mean yeah because then it'll it'll contrast there's a contrast if i think if if tonally the film is like too dark all the time it can be good but maybe it's less effective sometimes. Yeah, yeah. no. I, there's I, examples of films that do that well, but... There's... Yeah. um The Bad Samaritan just came out with the guy from Doctor Who. I don't remember his name, but he was one of the, like, the doctors on Doctor Who, but... Mm-hmm. The movie is about um, he he's like a like a psychopath who has like someone in his office and he's like got him chained up and he's like basically like slowly gonna kill this person which is crazy but you know that going into the movie but the first like forty five minutes is all very like light and peachy and everything's great and then there's a moment in the film I won't spoil it you guys should watch it but um, there's a moment that it just like the tone completely changes and even the music never goes back to that peachy feeling yeah. but it does such a good way mm-hmm. of of making you forget why you came to watch this movie and then by the time it gets to that point you're like oh my gosh yeah like I I did not think this was gonna happen and it just shocks you and that Mind effect blown. is is something that I remember and that's why I think the movie was so great because it, it did a good job of shocking me yeah. you know and by the way you describe it and the way I, I it sounds interesting and I'm excited to, I'm excited to see it do you know do you know when it'll be available like in a bigger in a bigger sense or what are your plans as far as that's concerned well I, I don't know when we're gonna be able to bring it out to the digital landscape uh, yet uh, we are um, I'm actually in Los Angeles right now so that I can meet with uh, distributors and and talk about you know nice. how we're going to bring it to the world. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. 
Would you would you want to go uh, streaming or would you want to go like theater? Would it, what would you be um, present? I would like to go theater first mm-hmm. and do a small theatrical run just to say we did it. Exactly. You have that experience. Exactly. I think I can definitely play it in theaters in South Texas where I'm from. I Without mean, I think, I think yeah. people will come out and support it. I think even in this market, yeah, yeah. it, yeah. it, it relates. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so we should definitely get it in some theaters, and then after that, um, looking at you know streaming and yeah. and television and all that. So. Absolutely, and I I see you have a pretty awesome cast here. How did you come across? Uh, how'd you come across your cast? Like you just did your your traditional casting call, or you had some people already in mind? Or I kind of um I just kind of asked around, and I asked other filmmakers, directors, producers. Yeah. I kind of looked at their work. Sometimes if I saw somebody in a film that I liked, I would I would just kind of reach out, you know? Nice. And uh, that's how I came, came across a lot of these actors. Is that how you found Patrick Mackey, who plays Javi? Yeah, Patrick Mackey, actually, I had... I don't think he remembers this, but I, I also direct commercials in yeah. Austin. Oh, and I think he auditioned for me uh, <laughs> once for a, was a Sunny D commercial. Oh, wow. uh, the juice drink. Yeah. So uh, it was actually a pretty silly commercial. Uh, and he, he was in the audition. And I remember thinking like, oh, this guy's this guy's got an interesting kind of vibe, <laughs> like kind yeah. of look to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he didn't get the Sunny D spot. But um I, I kind of remembered him and then another friend of mine said like oh do you know he's from he's from South Texas he's from oh, really? he's from the Rio Grande Valley and I was like oh that's interesting <laughs> because that's where the movie takes place yeah, yeah. it's and, like oh uh, you know that area so you, you would kind of be the perfect character yeah, for yeah. that's very interesting and, and I had I had coffee with him and uh, found out he was fluent in Spanish nice and uh, you know even though he's you know he's patrick's a white guy yeah i was looking at his picture i was like what you said the film was majority spanish but this guy looks like he's from the valley out here you know? <laughs> yeah yeah he's i mean he, Oaks. he is a weddle but he's a white guy but he uh he's fluent in spanish because he grew up down there nice and uh and also it kind of makes so in the film javi's grandfather uh, arturo played uh-huh. by hector uribe is uh he's mexican um, but it kind of shows like what genetics can do. I mean, you can have yes. a Mexican grandfather, but you can be white because yeah. you might, you know, your it mom might've been white. It only takes a generation to change things. Really. It really yeah. does. Like, and that's how I am. So yeah. my, my grandparents, so my father's side were from Mexico Oh wow! and, uh, my dad is dark skinned, but my, my mother's white. So yeah. I kind of have this kind of mixed look. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we make it work. We yeah. make it work. I think, I think, um, I'm the same way. My, my dad was very European, Italian. Mm-hmm. And my mom was from Peru. Okay. And so I'm, I was I'm, I was born in Peru, but I get the same thing. I'm just like, oh, and I understand wow. kind of both spectrums. And, and I never know how to like label myself in all the forms. They're like, are you Hispanic? Are you European and white? And I'm just like, I, I guess I'm both. And they're like, but yeah. you can only choose one. And I'm like, I don't know then. I don't know what to, I don't know what to put in. It's going to circle everything. Yeah, yeah, just circle all of the above. It's just, yeah. We're all one. Human. I know how you guys <laughs> feel. You know, my, my dad is black and my mom is also black. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can totally relate. Yeah, it's a very ambiguous room right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's that's really like interesting. Um, did you did you feel like um, the when you were finding um, locations and stuff in in that South um, Texas area? Did you like did you find anything really where you were like, oh my god? Like, were you just always scouting? I guess throughout the time because I, I mean, feel like you would. Right? So I lived there like for seventeen years, and so oh, wow. I'm just. 
I'm just like the whole time I lived there and the whole time I wanted to make movies growing up, I was like, oh, this would be a cool location mm-hmm. for a movie. Yeah. And uh, when I was 17 years old, I went to McAllen. And if you drive, if you go to McAllen and then you drive south towards the Mexican border, there's this highway. And along the highway, there's a bunch of warehouses, really huge warehouses. And they call them ropa usadas, mm. used clothes. And um, in these warehouses are mountains, piles of clothes, 12 wow. feet tall. Yeah. Like that people will walk up these like mountains, these hills of clothes with ba- big plastic bags and they'll just go looking for vintage shirts, jackets, really? anything. And they just fill the bags with these clothes and they buy it by the pound. Wow. So you can get like a bag full of clothes for like a couple bucks. Wow. wow that's in, crazy. And in those clothes, you might have a vintage shirt that you could sell for 50 couple bucks. Hundred, yeah. yeah. A couple hundred even. That's so wow. it, there, it's a very strange place. <laughs> and it sounds when, like it. Yeah. When I was, when I <laughs> mountains was, of clothes. Yeah, mountains of clothes. Like you really have to see it, and we we filmed it in the movie. Really. Oh. So I came up with this this whole chase scene when I was seventeen mm-hmm. years old uh, about a guy running in, and he's you know being chased by another guy, and he hides in the clothes, like he burrow he burrows in. Oh wow! And then the other guy is like looking for him, but he can't find him because there's so many clothes. Yeah. And then there's a forklift that kind of roams around the factory, and it it goes and it flip it spikes the clothes and it flips it so that the clothes don't get rotten Whoa. you know what i mean oh, to try that, to keep yeah. keep yeah, yeah, the keep, keep fresh. yeah keep yeah. the ones from the bottom from onto the, bottom. the top yeah because if they like stay that. in the in the in the middle of all that clothes they're gonna start smelling exactly yeah. so yeah. the suspense comes because my main character javi is hiding in the clothes but the forklift spikes keep getting closer oh you know and it doesn't know he's in there Oh, and then the other guy is like hunting him. Oh, I like this. Yeah, I yeah. was gonna say yeah, yeah. So, that doesn't super interesting. That's I, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and it's it was a location that it didn't exist anywhere else. I was gonna it say sounds like a very specific thing to that region. Yeah, yeah, I told my producer, I was like, we have to get this location. Yeah. you need to get it. Yeah, yeah no. and, and, and were they receptive? Like all your locations, were they like, yeah, yeah, please, like give us some shine, or were they like, nah, let's just you know mind our own business? And- it depends on the location. I think the this particular location, the Ropa Usada. Yeah, they were a little timid at first because we told them like, this is a movie about you know drug smuggling, mm. and they didn't want to be associated with with this kind of <laughs> negative thing. Right, but right. I went in there and I explained like. Listen, this is this is just a place where my main character is hiding. You guys are not a front for drug smuggling or right. anything like that. Right. It's just a neutral location. It's just a location. Yeah. Yes. So you and, just went in and clarified. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> and they were they were nice enough to be like, okay, we get it. This yeah. is kind of cool. Interesting. That so, is cool. Yeah. And I mean, it does even if that's not exactly what they're looking for. It shines a light on a cool area where now you know people are aware it's there. Yeah. Especially after they watch this movie, they're gonna probably go there first and just to see this huge the mound of clothes yeah. like I, I would i would too i'm i, I might book a ticket after <laughs> <you>. <laughs> book a ticket to <laughs> go, go, go visit the fam for a second yeah. and then yeah. go drive that's Let's that's really it. interesting do you um I just can't stop thinking about it because I'm like now thinking of just like mountains of clothes. I just want to see the. I want to watch it. I want to. I've created a new El Dorado for you guys. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Hipsters in LA. I know. That's. um, (laughs) Did you? Did you? um, At any point, feel um, as as far as like the like was there was there one thing that you really felt like that shined in the in the film like as far as you, you that you're really proud of that you that was maybe really difficult to get across or to happen or. I don't know. 
God, it was all difficult. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's always really hard. It's like, yeah, I, I, man. I, yeah, I mean, there were so many, you know, really interesting locations, interesting scenes. Um, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of one right now. No, I mean, I, I really like the Ropa Usada scene yeah. a lot. And um, I was going to say, so you had... I, I wanted I, I had a question and then it like left my brain and I just I can't remember it now and <laughs> well, it had to do something with the with the with the location but I don't remember. Think about it. Yeah. But in the meantime, let me ask you this. So I, I'm I'm just kind of gazing through the credits here and I noticed that you really without you there's a like fifty percent of the film still needs to be produced here. Like you're you have a lot of of roles here, lots of hats. Um, so I understand you, you do the cinematography for the film, but and you also direct the film. Mm-hmm. So how's that at the same time? Like, you know, being the director on set and then transitioning to behind the camera and getting the perfect shot while making sure that everyone is still in the zone and doing what you want them to do. I actually find it, um, very easy. Um, I, I'm a cinematographer by trade and yeah. also a director and, uh, they're very, very, you know, tightly knit these yeah. two roles, and um, I do it all the time on commercials. Yeah, and uh, you know, I feel like when you're operating the camera, especially if you're handheld working with an actor, mm-hmm. I feel extremely connected to their performance. You can react mm. to what they're doing, how they're moving, um, and you're very, you're very in tune with what they're saying and and you know the emotions that they're giving. So yeah. I actually find all of that very natural. So. So do you think it's a better way to, to shoot? I don't think it's, no, I don't think it's a better way. I think it's easy for me because I have that cinematography skill set. Okay. So that, that's the part that kind of goes on autopilot. Makes and, sense. And then, you know, I can, so long. yeah, I can concentrate on, on directing as well. Um, the other thing that helps is that we didn't have a huge production crew. Yeah. So as a cinematographer on this, we were working with a really minimalist approach. I just wanted to walk into a room, mm-hmm. kind of look at what the light was doing naturally, yeah. and then just add one or two lights mm. that we can augment it. I like that. Now, I if like I had, if like I was that. running like a bigger production where we had, you know, big cranes and condors and all sorts of moving parts, then I would say that directing and cinematography would probably start to, you know, maybe you would want to get someone else in there. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, on such a small movie, I don't, I don't think it was a problem at all. The harder part was being involved as a producer. Yeah. That's the harder part because, you know, as a director, you want to kind of, you know, take time with the performances and you want to take time getting the scene. But as a producer, you're looking at your watch saying, we should move on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We should, uh, we should go to shoot this other thing. So yeah, yeah, it was the producer part of my brain that was uh, actually probably the harder part to deal with it's very interesting yeah, it yeah. sounds like a back and forth right there like uh this shot uh golden yeah, hour it's uh, like golden hour oh we got to move on to the next one yeah i've been on too many sets where the the director would be like we all right guys well, i just want to get like two more takes and the producers in the back like we don't have time derek and it's just, it's just the funniest <laughs> thing so like, imagine that all just going on in my brain I know, right? all yeah. the time you talking david it's time yeah. it's david but the shot is now it's, oh my goodness it's like ah uh, your your cinematographer david's like god producer david's so 
Well, my my crew would laugh because they kind of knew when I was having these conversations because I would just be very quiet. Oh. <laughs> you were just deep in thought. I was just, but it, what, there was like three people in my head just talking back and forth, yeah. arguing oh, about what to do next. So. <laughs> That's like, super mm. funny. Yeah. It's like, and then your stomach's like, we haven't eaten anything all day, and you're just like, ah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's so. That's so. Cool. You know what? Food is very important to me. Really? I would always. Yeah. No, I will always. You know, let's break for lunch. Let's do it. Yeah. Is it not lunch yet? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think that's one of the. I mean, that's really smart because yeah. you're not only does your crew get fatigued and and, mm-hmm. and hungry, but to take a break of just like a mental break of like, okay, great. We don't have to work for a second. You know? Oh, any crew working with me does not have to worry about that. We'll yeah. always break on time for lunch. <laughs> yeah. People don't like to miss lunch. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. you know, that's important. There's always crafty, but yeah, it's, not craft, it's not the same. It's not, not the same. same no. It depends on the set, though. It depends yeah. on the set. Not well, when it's know. day old tamales yeah. <laughs> down in South it's, Texas. Did, did you guys um, have a, a strong um, influence of uh, like like Hispanic like foods and stuff in the, in the film? I, I I don't know if like that, that like type of on screen mm-hmm. or just in general. I guess I'm just curious. I mean, I, yeah, we there. Okay, there's pretty. There's a pretty funny scene. I was uh, we were editing the movie. And uh, in the background of this one scene, there's like this silver object on the ground. And I was like, what the hell is that? Uh, we zoomed in, you know, we enhanced. Yeah. Have you seen CSI? Yeah. We, we enhanced on it. <laughs> it was a breakfast taco. <laughs> it was a, just lying uh, the, on the ground. The, the tinfoil yeah. for the breakfast yeah. taco? And uh. it was not part of the scene. And it was clearly like one of the crew just left their breakfast taco on, on the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was hilarious that it made it in the movie. No, uh, that's I, a little Easter egg, right? A little there. Easter egg. Look for the breakfast taco. Yeah. <laughs> Look for the breakfast taco. Uh, that's so funny. I, I, I honestly, when you mentioned breakfast tacos, it, it's it takes me back to like San, living in San Antonio because Tex Mex and yeah, Cali you're from Mex. South Texas. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. No, I definitely know what you're talking about. Breakfast tacos are are the biggest industry in in like anywhere in South Texas. Everybody loves breakfast tacos. Everybody loves tacos in general. Barbacoa. Mm-hmm. You get a like, gasada. You get. Uh, pastor like you just have so many options and then you get street tacos too like oh taquisa taquisa i i love food i just like i get going i just i had a philly cheesesteak um right before we did this this doesn't pertain to anything i just the best philly cheesesteak in town is in koreatown it's called booze check it out oh wow it's it's they they they're the people are straight from philly and i think for me it's if you grow up in a culture and and you're able to replicate that somewhere else that's key you know that's it that's all you have to do and you should go franchise and just be the person that goes around teaching people because you know that's the key you know franchise hey chico's tacos if you guys have ever been to west texas there's a little spot out there it's called chico's tacos everyone goes nuts for it but in el paso yeah in el paso that's that's where i spend a lot of my time oh nice yeah. We've all spent time in. Te- I feel it, like everybody so, always spends time in Texas. For interesting thing about El Paso that I was talking about the other day is, you know, people always say, "I say, you know, I'm from the border," yeah. and they say, "Oh, you're from El Paso," uh, and I say, "No, El Paso is actually closer to Los Angeles than to where I'm from yeah. in Texas." Yeah. So I mean, it really is. I mean, well, they're both about twelve hours from each other. Well, yeah, yeah, I was gonna this, say this, like this, 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 just getting out of Texas from San Antonio is, a, is like freaking ten hours. It, it was just it would take us so long. Yeah. And, and the crazy part is that it still takes like twelve hours to get out of Texas from point to point, and you can go like ninety miles an hour yeah. the yeah. whole time. So yeah, we have some pretty so, fast speed limits. Yeah, over yeah. Well, it's a whole bunch of nothing to get through. You know? Yeah. No, but especially those parts. Are you from where, Texas too? Well, I. I 
my dad was in the military, so oh, okay. I lived in Colleen when I was younger, and then we came back and we lived in El Paso when I was older. Yeah. So, so you've yeah, you've been I, around? Oh man, I've been all over the place. Yeah. Even in down in Juarez, messing around. Should never have gone there, but nice, <laughs> nice. We we made it. Yeah, I know. Right, we're here now. <laughs> Sorry, Ma. <laughs> I, I I wanted I wanted to ask um as well during this whole process as as, as like from start to fit to now to finish and everything um was there any like hobbies that you kind of like outlets aside from this that you kind of had just because I know when you're working on a film and you're really heavily involved it's almost like you do get fatigued and you find yourself really like oh man I I spent so much I spent all my time on this you know did you have something that you kind of like like, I gotta, I gotta get away from this for a second. Oh yeah, my outlet for the last few years has been um, soccer. Really? Yeah, I played soccer up until middle school. Nice. And I played in high school. As well. You played in high school? Yeah, I played in high school. Yeah, I actually jumped. I jumped shit. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're pretty we, we good. We won my freshman year. What and, was your position? Um, I was just a defender. I was just, I was just a back. Where's your ring at? Where's my? No, they gave us medals. They gave oh. us medals. So it's in, it's in my house in San Antonio. We have a medal. Wow. But like. I I wasn't I wasn't like very good, but I I knew that I knew by the end of my four years I knew how to play, you know. Yeah, but yeah. that freshman year was really just like I'm here and I'm kind of like <laughs> learning about everything. And there, I I think that freshman year I was so scared of things. By the time I got to my senior year, I was tackling people right. like I was just ramming them with my body, and it was so much fun. I was having a blast doing it. But yeah, soccer is soccer is awesome. Yeah, soccer. <laughs> I love it. Soccer is life. I mean, I, I started playing again when I was 27, and uh, just pick up games in Austin. You can go to any park and just find a game. Yeah, like every day. It's awesome with just new people. Yeah, and they're from all over the world usually. Um, there was um, I just you say that, and I've experienced that in so many different places where it's yeah. just like there's a soccer field, and people will just show up. Yeah, in here, the afternoon, right here. down there in MacArthur Park, or yeah, MacArthur. No, 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 Lafayette. Lafayette, Park. Lafayette. There's yeah. a little game here. Yeah, there's a whole pitch and uh, full size goals, and actually, there's always people there playing. A lot of times, there's f- full eleven on eleven like jerseys and everything. So, oh wow! Yeah, it's it's. But they around. do have pickup games, and you can just go and you know show everyone up. I think the, the best, I love it. The best pickup game I've ever had was actually in Italy. Um, we oh, you were had there. a pickup game? Yeah. Oh, I could, it was like, I remember it vividly because it, I was a kid. This was a, when I was like 13 and it was a bunch of kids and it was just kind of like an outside area and it was nighttime and this kid just came out with soccer ball and was like, are, are we going to play? And then everybody was like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he sounded that way, but that was just like what I could think of. But, uh, and so, football? Is that your Italian no, accent? No, no. My Italian. No, no, let's play some football. Let's play some football. Uh, all right. Um, nice. But, uh, we we like got really into that game and it was just like a small like basketball court but mm, it was like for yeah. these kids it was like it's so much fun and i was having a blast playing because yeah. i didn't know anybody so yeah. when you don't know anybody it's like you really can just do whatever <laughs> and everybody's just kind of like oh he's american yeah matter. yeah you know but um i, th- I think so i think sports in general i think are are really just such a, a really cool you know outlet for so many people growing up but um i'm curious to know who your pick is for the world cup this year you know i I suspect it might be Germany again. They're just Ooh. so they're just so dominant. They're they so dominant. good, and they know how to like kind of take apart any team. Mm. Um, Shouts out to Deutschland. But <laughs> I would hope it would be somebody else. I, uh, I'm really France, maybe. Very creative, colorful maybe. team. Maybe I I want I want um. Well, I think Brazil is gonna be back in the mix. Yeah, 
They're always around. They're I, always around. Yeah. Denmark maybe. Denmark. Denmark whooped. They they were good. They it just honestly, maybe. I was surprised. But Germany they, has Mesut Ozil. They have. Um, they still have Goethe. Yeah. Yeah. Still have Mario Goethe. They're they're set. They're good. But I mean, who knows? Messi still has to win a cup. He's before. never won a World Cup. Before. He's never, never won. won a World Cup. No. no. And up until this last one, he had never scored. Well, he a had goal. a chance and it, last oh, time, and then he messed it. He bl- up. he messied it up. He messied it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, over the bar. I'm sure he thinks about it every day. I I, I often think about that. I I. It's like. Do you think art? Do you think like sports um, athletes? Do you think they they reflect on like I could have easily made oh, that? Dude. I, I feel like in those of types course. of sports, more than they never forget. Else. You can't. I think you they know. have a photographic you memory can't. of the whole play, even the game leading up to that moment. You know, <laughs> even the guy in the fifth stand chewing his popcorn. Like, <laughs> you like made eye con- You made eye contact right before you kicked the shot, and he like did something <laughs> weird. He gave you like the creepy eyes. Right? And you were like, oh, I missed. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even I play in a park with like two foot goals, and uh, I still remember sh- stuff that I missed. Really? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I'm like, God damn it! And there's moments where you're just like, Oh, I thought I was, I thought I was better than that, you know? And and it just depends on the shoes and everything. The I think it's just wearing. despair in general when yeah. you should, when you know you should have crushed it and you just <laughs> epic fail. Like I still remember missing, messing up on this word, messing it up on this uh, word. In, in like the seventh grade mm. I was in spelling, spelling bee, bee. <laughs> and the word was so simple and I swear I crushed it but I I missed one word which I get or I'm sorry one, one letter, letter. <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> I, it's, it's weird when you're like confident you smashed a word and then it's like oh, wait. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been embarrassing <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. yeah, but yeah, I blame it on the fact that I was too tall. The microphone was distracting me. <laughs> I'm just envisioning like a young Willie. Like, yeah, I got it. And then they're like, eh, sorry. And then you're just like, oh, snap. I thought I crushed that. <laughs> sorry again, mom. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, That's I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Trauma is, is trauma lasts a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the word that you misspelled? Trauma? No, the word was critic. And I apparently I said C-R-I-T-C. And I didn't say C-R-I-T-I-C. Oh, God. Which I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I thought I said the whole word, but they said I didn't. So, I don't know. I blame it on the microphone. I'm blaming you, Brian Speller. It's like you were the moderator and you messed up. I couldn't hear what you said, so I'm just gonna assume you said it wrong. Yeah, yeah. His hearing aid went out for that one. I know, uh, right? For that one second. It had a oh. short in it. I remember yeah, doing cool. the spelling bee when I was. I think I did the spelling bee once, and that was in like sixth grade as a joke. Like it was, it was just like, and I don't mean as a joke in the sense of like, oh, I thought it was funny to be on the spelling bee. Yeah. But I was just kind of like, I don't. Th- this is not particularly like, I'm something. I'm a poor I wanna... speller. I I barely speak English. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this. If I if I succeed in this great if i don't it's a hit or miss with me i'm not like trying to well win. you're you're good now yeah i'm good now yeah, yeah. At, th- at this point I, I think with the language the thing about learning like for me it was when when i came to the united states my my, my mom wanted to put me in bilingual classes so that i could continue to learn both mm-hmm. languages and honestly it, it helped me so much because now i can jump from english to spanish in the snap of a finger and i'm i'm fluid with both you know and 
I just I think more people should have bilingual programs in their schools. I don't know why they don't. Was that process similar for you, or did you grow up always knowing both languages? Well, this is actually interesting. Yeah. Um. So my father's first language was Spanish because my you know his parents were from Mexico. Yeah. Right. And then he kind of learned English in school, but he grew up in the fifties and sixties in Texas. Yeah. And it was actually a little racist back then. Yeah. Towards, oh, yeah. Uh, the South? <laughs> yeah. You don't say. Down don't in say. South Texas. It was a, a little racist to, to Mexicans. Yeah. And uh, they actually didn't like it um, if you spoke Spanish or had a, a really heavy accent. Wow. And my dad, he kind of always talked about how, you know, he worked really hard to try to get rid of his accent. Yeah. Um, because he went to the military and, uh, you know, just tried to just sound as white as he could so yeah. that people wouldn't give him so much shit. Yeah. Wow. And though, and so when I was born, he decided not to teach me Spanish. Really? So I didn't grow up with that at all. Oh, wow. Um, and I didn't learn Spanish until uh, college. And I took like four semesters. Yeah. And uh, I probably have uh, the grammatical abilities of a seven-year-old in Spanish. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I know enough to be able to get by and, and understand most of what's being said. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 70%, 50%. Something I mean, like that, that, yeah, that, that, I that, mean, 70%. Yeah, that's 70%. yeah. Yeah. It depends. It depends. Yeah. You know, C's get degrees. That's what yeah. they say, right? That's what yeah. W. Bush said, right? Yeah. <laughs> C's get degrees. C's get degrees. And you were the president. And like, All right. <laughs> but yeah, I think one of my goals, um, you know, since my last name is Garcia, you know, I want to go and learn Spanish yeah. once and for all. Yeah, yeah. I, I go I, down I, to Mexico just just be immersed. That's that's really smart. Yeah, that's really smart. That, that both of you guys hit on on it at the mm-hmm. same time, which is cool. Um, being immersed is is key. If you go somewhere and you immerse yourself with that culture, I, I guarantee you'll walk away knowing the language more. Right. Than just yeah. sitting on your computer saying, "I'm gonna go and try to learn Spanish on Rosetta Stone." Yeah. Rosetta yeah. Stone is all right, but yeah, it, I mean, yeah. people. I mean, people keep telling me to use that stuff, but you know what? It helps me. Um, learn how to like read it and write it, which yeah. I kind of already know. I can like much easier, you know, it's much easier to read a newspaper mm. than to hear somebody talk to me yeah. in Spanish. Do so you, I need to go have the conversations. Yeah, the conversations and, and they'll take it places where you don't even know. And, and they might say words that, that you might not quite understand. And it's always pe- mm-hmm. people don't like to ask, oh, what does that mean? Because they don't want to seem like incompetent. But do it. Ask mm-hmm. people. Not what, me. I como se dice. Yeah. <laughs> ¿Qué significa eso? Yeah. Entiendo. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> but um, I, I'm curious to know. You said, um, are you? So uh, your your dad was uh, Mexican. What, your mom was also. Was she American? She's uh, yeah. She's American. She's uh, you know, white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Uh, did, I mean, like, there's no real. I mean, I think her. Grandparents were from like Scotland and yeah. France and Ireland and you know all sorts of white countries. So interesting. Do you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it makes sense. It makes. Right? Yeah. We, exactly. When you say that, I think we all collectively know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere. Um, do 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 you find yourself like did you, that? Your parents were always like very supportive of what you were doing. I know it's very hard for an artist. Like I've personally been through the journey where my parents supported me. And then they weren't sure. And then now that I'm being successful, they're like, oh, okay, never mind. You you got it. And yeah, it's like yeah. they ha- they almost have to see you do it because it's like a creative field or mm-hmm. movie business in general is very like risky, you know? And mm-hmm. and I don't know if you, what, what kind of experience you had, but... Um, well, yeah, I mean, my parents have always been really supportive of me and good. they were worried in high school when I told them that I wanted to make movies mm. because personally they didn't know 
that that was even a job yeah, yeah. <laughs> or that that was even possible for anyone to do. And they didn't know how to do it. Mm. And, but they, they did support me going to film school at the university of Texas. And, nice. uh, nice. you know, they were always like, you know, when is he going to maybe take an engineering class or a you know, business class or yeah. something? And they were always encouraging me to do that. And I was like, no, I'm just going to stick with film with movies. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, I started to make a living doing this stuff. Yeah. And so they were like, Oh, we see. We get it. <laughs> it's like, huh, you can't succeed in this. But, right. but my younger brother was a lot easier for them because he went into aerospace engineering and oh, he actually snap. now works at, uh, forgive me, but I'm not sure if it's Lockheed Martin or Boeing. <laughs> it's one of those. Yeah. Uh, and like, so he was always like the star of the family, right? Like yeah. they could tell their friends, you know, our son is an aerospace engineer yeah. and people knew what that was. Yeah. Whereas now, I don't think my parents know what I do. Well now, <laughs> so it's, my parents, my parents really like when I talk to them, it's funny because I'll explain things to them. And explaining someone how Hollywood and the movie business works is almost like explaining, like teaching someone a second language. You know, I'll talk to someone about, like, I'll talk to my parents about being a casting director sometimes. And to them, Mm -hmm. it's like, that goes over my head, you know, because I don't experience, I don't, I don't see that every day. So it's almost like, I don't know how, I don't know what you're saying. Like my mom will literally, Luigi no entiende lo que estás diciendo. And I'm just like, all right, mom. All right. Uh, <laughs> I can either explain it to you in Spanish or we can just forget it ever. I yeah. ever brought it up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's no, just I, like, uh, I'm a dentist. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I work at NASA sometimes. Just don't worry about it. Um, but that's, that's why I tell, you know, I tell my parents, I operate the camera. Oh, I hold cool. the camera, you know, and they get that. But yeah. cool. I do a lot of other things, but yeah. they don't Were get they that. able to go to the screening in Dallas? When yeah, they, they came. That's so and, awesome. Uh, it, was, it was great to give them that experience. And it's like, hey, guys. Thanks for putting up with me for all these decades. Yeah. Finally, we can watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. So I actually lived at my parents' house while we were making the movie. Oh, wow. I called them up and I was like, hey, guys, I want to make a movie down there. Could I sleep in my old bedroom? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a big ask for, they're like, mm, you were supposed to leave by this yeah, point. Like, He's uh, coming back. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, was, it was like 10 years, uh, over 10 years after I had left. Interesting. Oh, so wow. we had not lived together in a long time. And Was it weird getting back into like the flow? Yeah. Kind of like we were like, you know, roommates again. <laughs> roommates of your parents and i could tell they yo you guys getting the milk or am i getting the milk how does this work (laughs) who pays for what it's like and i could tell there were a couple times where they wanted to ground me but they didn't have the power Ah, (laughs) you're like i'm an adult now yeah how does that feel yeah that's interesting i feel like my parents are the same way now and i tell them i was like you guys don't pay for my bills out here you guys i'm out here trying to find work and creating stuff you know it's like i'm I'm making my own decisions at this point you know but then my mom would be like, you can do your own laundry. Yeah. See, that's the trade-off <laughs> right there. It's like, all right. Yeah. All I, right. I've, I've always... I, I can't be cush like back in uh, high school. You know? I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, good times. Those were the days. Through. Good times. Man. Could ask for food and it would it would randomly there appear. There it is. Oh, yeah. wow. I was oh. just hungry, you know? Now it's like, hey, you guys, you guys want to get make me something? It's like, make it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like I'm just gonna go get some some. Did you, did oh, if you threaten to go get bad like fast food, sometimes they'll make you really? a dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a trick. When, you, when, they, when they know, it's like that's just greasy. Yeah. My mom yeah. loves to say that word. Finesse. She's like, that's greasy, and she's like, don't eat it. It's greasy, and I'm like, everything's greasy. You know, it's like, what do you want mm-hmm. me to do? It's like everything's bad for you. There's like yeah. broccoli, and that's it. That's the only thing you can eat that's good for you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> at McDonald's? And McDonald's? No, no, no. Just in life, I guess. At McDonald's, broccoli. <laughs> ugh. 
Any, any fast food restaurant that serves salads never get a salad at a no, fast food no, restaurant. No, never. No, like it just it's not a good. Well, it's an oxymoron. First of all, exactly. It's just Come you're on. going there for the burgers, you know. I shouldn't have said McDonald's though. It's uh, in Texas. It's Whataburger. Whataburger. That's what. I, that yeah. was the thing. Yeah. That, that's what. That's what I was gonna say. And then you said you said McDonald's, but I love Whataburger. Bring the A one burger back. Ooh, the A one sauce is so freaking yes. good with the grilled onions. The grilled oh onions. my god. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ah, so good. I li- so I, good. I like uh, the the double meat on Texas toast with cheese. Mm. That's Ooh. my. That's my. The, the, the the only reason I love Whataburger is because they do Texas toast, and I love Texas toast. And I think that combination between that cheese and meat, sometimes bacon, um, sometimes chicken tenders. <laughs> that's just Texas for you. But um, it's just yeah, they do I, so I love well. and and people people love to say In and Out is better. But I personally, being from Texas and living there for so long, I just. It's different styles of burgers for I like sure. Those skinny fries, man, mm. and the fries. Oh, they have really good fries. Oh, water burger. So good, Everything about man. them is just key. You know? yeah. It's like oh, yes. I Some people it. complain that there's too much mustard. Mm. Oh no! Because they no, they really no, no, lay, no. layer the mustard on, uh, but you could just be like, I don't no, want mustard. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's not really a complaint, guys. <laughs> Whoever told you that it's yeah. like you could you literally can ask for no mustard. Yeah. I don't understand why you're not yeah. doing that. That's funny. That's it's really too funny. much mustard. I, say, <laughs> I know. I'm just think, I'm thinking of the thought process that person was having. Yeah. Just like biting into a mustard filled burger, saying, "Man, I wish this had less mustard." It's like these are things you can ask for. Like these are not things that are hard to do. Oh man. He's like, you're not asking for a chicken sandwich. You're just asking for no mustard. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> but shout going. out to Whataburger shout Very to delicious Yeah so sponsored Sponsor by Whataburger Sponsored by Whataburger <laughs> Please send us gift cards Yes I, I would love that I would I, I honestly would just love to eat a burger After I I think I've been in, in I haven't gone to Texas since December But every time I go I make it a point To like at least eat Whataburger Oh man twice. I haven't had Whataburger in like five years Ooh. yeah it's been a long time that's too that's too long i know man i need some burgers <sighs> I, oh i went have you have you ever eaten at the habit have no ever, i haven't oh my gosh they do uh i think it's i just had it yesterday it's called the santa barbara burger oh, it's the, really good the, the, the double char on i had it in santa barbara really yeah and it was super good they they do the avocado very juicy and it's very mm. like they smash the avocado to where it's like it's 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 fresh, but it's like very layered on top, perfectly to where you take a bite and you're just getting the flavor, you know. And it's, I think I think chefs the like that. If you truly are like passionate about it, you can do so much, and and you can t- touch on a palette of flavors that can just will explode the taste buds. I I love I love food. <laughs> we we love food. I know. I just I really got on the train of like I oh man I'm well I'm starting to get I mean. You started it. You said you yeah. love food. <laughs> we all love food. We all love food. You're right. Do you, do you find like do you think you cook? Do you are you like do you like to cook intricate foods? Or you I like- actually know I'm really not a cook. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I uh, I appreciate other people's cooking. I always think it tastes better when someone else makes it. Me too. It does. Me too. That's it my does. favorite seasoning. Mm. Yeah. Someone else making someone it. Someone else. <laughs> as, as long as you and and free as well sometimes. And free. If it's if free it's is free. one of the best seasonings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Free is one of the best seasons. Free. It's like, oh, what's that season with? Well, it's free, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's food. <laughs> it's really cool. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I need to start learning to cook. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've thought about that myself. Like, I want, I want to explore that. Not now, because I feel like I got a lot on my plate. But I feel like that's one of those things. A lot on your plate. I know. I thought. I said. As soon as I said, it, I was like, ah. But well, uh, you know, yeah. sponsorship opportunity. 
I've been trying HelloFresh recently, oh, and yeah. it's been very well. It, they give you everything you need. Um, and then come, you cook it? Yeah, you cook it. So it's fresh, and it's, you know, it's all, they have all the seasonings and things. Some things they don't provide, but it's like salt, pepper, things that people already have typically anyways. Um, but as far as like anything else that involves cooking, that meal, that you, which you get to pick which meal you want them mm-hmm. to send you. And then they send you all the stuff and then you prepare it. And it usually takes like 25, 30 minutes. But it's pretty cool. But it's super good. Tastes like a chef made it, but you made it yourself. Yeah, check it out. They the few times they've had it, they've let me like get a nibble of it, and it just it's an explosion of flavor. Yeah, like that that is a good company yeah. based on just making you try new things. You know. Yeah, um, and it's cool for people like myself who I'm not a cook at all, and I don't really like to cook because I think it takes too long. I'm hungry now, so <laughs> <laughs> I want my food and I want well, it that's, now. That's yeah. the problem with me is hanger. Yeah, because yeah. as soon as I get hangry, that's when I know I want to eat. But exactly. I'm not going to cook now. No, no, I gotta eat. I gotta what? eat. <laughs> <laughs> that was the perfect slogan for like. I gotta. I gotta, eat. I gotta it's like I, I don't want to cook now. I gotta eat. I gotta so eat. I, I need some kind of alarm that alerts me 30 minutes before. Yeah. So I can start ah, yes. cooking then. So you can start cooking then. It's like, huh? Yeah, because when you when you feel that like gut wrench of like, like oh snap, I'm this is this needs something. That's the moment where you're just you're like fast food is just so quick. I don't have time. Yeah, to spend. you switch right into lizard brain and you just start like <laughs> yeah. kind of sniffing around for <laughs> whatever. Brain. Yeah, that's crazy. All reasons out the window at that point. I know that, and that, and, that, and I think that's one of the reasons why so many people suffer with like obesity and stuff because you do get lizard brain and you're just like I want something fast, you know, mm-hmm. and you end up doing that all the time. And I think that's like you have to have control over that, which is like anything else. But I feel like so many people give give up the control of their own life. You know, they're like, oh, I just don't know why I do it. It's like, you know why you eat that double cheeseburger, Becky? <laughs> You're aware of it. You buy why it. Why is it got to be yeah. Becky, though? Uh, OK, Jack. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a hypothetical. It's just like this is the obese person in this scenario. There's someone named exist. Becky listening who's, and you really heard her. Yeah. She's, I know. She's going to be like writing in. Well, you guys said something about someone named Becky and I don't like that. It's like Six Becky. months later, she writes us again. Thank you for offending me that episode. I lost 50 pounds. <laughs> I know, right? It motivated me to lose weight. It's like, well, Becky, that was the whole point. You know, we were thinking about you, Becky. <laughs> we were we were just looking out for you, Becky. Um, but yeah, and that's Jack. really cool. And Jack. Um, but we're so we're we're really glad that you were able to just come out and um yeah man this has been really fun yeah we, this yeah this is great man yeah. I love love chatting with you guys yeah yes, you're really yes. you're really cool and you and you seem like you yeah. you're on um you're on the cusp of greatness right here I I, I feel like you're already entering that uh, just by the way you describe the film and and it it sounds very interesting and it sounds like you you were very passionate and, and devoted to making sure it came out you know. In the in the vision that 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 younger self saw, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see it. I and really, even I though really those am. are intangible qualities in a person, they are things that you can tangibly notice in a film just by how it made you feel once you're done watching it. You know, if you can you can tell a movie is made with, you know, the wrong intention and and a half-assed attitude when you watch it, and the same thing applies for something that was made with love and care and attention so uh we we over here at clear the haze wish you all the luck in your future endeavors man because the vibe that you gave us today if you put that same vibe into your work 
everything that you do is going to be a smash. So yeah, we're, right. we're rooting for you, man. Yeah, we're, we're rooting for you, David. We think, we think you're, you're doing some great stuff, man. I, I, where do you, do you, do you have like social media that you think that people will be able to find you at, or how can people reach you if they, I don't know. If they want yeah. To I think if that. people are interested in maybe just following the progress of the film, yeah. uh, just go to the Facebook page, which okay. is Tejano, the movie. Facebook.com slash Tejano the movie. That's T E J A N O the movie. <laughs> and Tejano, if you don't know, is Spanish for Texan. Yeah. Yes. So. Texan. Tejano. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And I mean, the movie is uh, its really cr- close to my heart. I mean, we made it in South Texas. It shows South Texas for what it is nice. in a lot of ways. And, you know, a lot of people have this like vision of what Texas is. They think cowboys and cactus and desert yeah. but that's not really all of texas you know and texas is big <laughs> it's big and it's there's so many big. there's you know forests and lakes and and mountains and and hills and all sorts of stuff um and south texas is is its own place yeah and i think we captured it i that, that that's awesome i i that that's really really cool to hear that that you feel like you've ca- you captured it well and it and based on what the audience reacted and how they you know liked what was on screen it must show you know because in dallas at dallas film festival you're getting a lot of people who are are involved with film and are like oh wow this is you know dallas got a good dallas got a good vibe too i love dallas yeah dallas Um, is chill yeah dallas is chill but that's so that's so awesome that you're in the process are you trying to get involved in other film festivals or are you straight going wanting to straight go into distribution oh no we have a couple of uh applications out to other festivals um and we're just waiting to hear back so yeah, you right. got you. Yeah. Did you, do you have you heard of New Filmmakers LA? I haven't. Um, so it, we yeah. just we had them on the podcast, Larry and Susie, but they do um like a, a monthly film festival, but they do like a spotlight on a feature. I, I want to say it's like a, they they do one feature every everything. But you might you, we have their information. We'll talk about it afterwards. But okay. um, th- they would they would be good people to talk to. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, they and they also set up like different investment opportunities and distribution opportunities and things of that nature too so yeah, yeah. i you, yeah. You, i mean i i we say all this because we want you to we i think the project is really cool and and i if there's anything we can do to help by all means like yes. if this thing you yes. know gets in theaters and then gets streaming and you want to come back and talk about the after like since this point on yeah you, yes, you're always yes. more than welcome and yeah. that applies beyond just david but to everyone listening as well if you think you have an awesome idea and you think that we can help you guys get it out there please by all means write in to us that's show at let's clear the haze.com and we'll get you on. We'll talk about it. Yeah, and make sure to follow David and his story yes. and, and the movie. And, and that's and David Blue Garcia. Yeah, look out for him. Look He's out. He's gonna be huge. Ow! Huge. Huge. Gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're here. Yeah, well, we we re- uh, really appreciate you coming along. Um, we appreciate everybody listening. This yes, has been thank you. Clear the haze. Um, no. If before we, we before we actually let you go, I just I it, it popped into my head. We didn't ask, but what kind of advice would you give to to the yes. young the, the young kid that was in your shoes now, that is in your shoes now, that is thinking, man, I, I can I do this? You know, what, what what would you say to him? If you're trying to make a movie. Um, don't be impatient because it it takes a lot longer than you think and sometimes i think it pays to prepare it it pays to train yourself in all of the different areas of production try try out everything yeah learn how to do everything 
Maybe don't become an expert in everything because that'll take too long, but learn how to do everything that gives you better perspective. Mm. But then again, on the other hand, don't procrastinate. Don't take too long. Sometimes you just need to set a date and make your movie. Wise there words. There it is. Wise yeah. words from a wise man. Listen to what Ooh. David is saying. That was good, man. That was I. I was like uh, hardcore eye contact, and I was like, "This man is focused, and this man knows what he wants." I, I really appreciate that, David. We appreciate you coming yes. on Clear the Haze. We respect it. We respect it, and that's that's the end of our show. That's yeah, the end of this episode. That, um, we really appreciate you guys listening. We're now on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play Music. Um, yes. We're on TuneIn. We're getting on more platforms, yes. and 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 basically trying to be anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're gonna be there. Um, look out for it, and. And thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe, leave us a a rate, and we'll see you guys next time. We out.